This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. Today is our monthly coaching moments episode with Ryan DeApril. Now, if you're not familiar with Ryan or if you're new to listening to our podcast, Ryan comes on every single month to provide our listeners and our viewers a coaching moment and a coaching session. So let me tell you a little bit about Ryan. Now, Ryan DeApril is a progressive thought leader focused on providing for his agents and his staff at DeApril Properties. His strengths are his motivational skills, his coaching style, and his dedication to training. He has 14 offices throughout Chicagoland. Also, he has offices in Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan with hundreds and hundreds of top producers. Now, DeApril Properties is a coaching company with eight strategic coaches who work week in and week out with every agent individually focused on business planning, coaching, and accountability. Now, if you'd like to take your career to the next level, or if you're just not getting the attention you need at the current firm you're at, check out DeApril Properties. Visit them at DeAprilProperties.com. That's D-A-P-R. I'm sorry, D-A-P-R-I-L-E properties.com. And one more thing before we bring on uh, Ryan, we have a special guest as well on the show. But before we introduce our guests, um, before I open the mics, I want to give you guys some exciting news. The Chicago Tribune just a few days ago named both our companies, Ryan and the company I work for, as a top workplace in the Chicagoland area. We were both in the mid-sized company category, and I think there was maybe only one or two other real estate companies honored. Uh, so cheers to, to both uh, Kale Realty, which is our company, and DeApril Properties for making this list. And just to let everyone know what this list is for and what it means, any company across all industries can apply here in Chicago to be part of this. And then what happens is an anonymous survey goes out to every single person that works at that company, and those employees rank you. And they just take basically take the highest scores and honor those firms. So this is a very, very big deal and a well-earned win. And it really goes to show you the kind of company that Ryan and his team have created. So again, if you are looking for another firm to, to consider, um, you know, DeApple Properties is obviously a good firm voted on uh, as one of the best companies in all of Chicago. So uh, once again, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, DJ. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to come here and uh, and sit with you and uh, to brainstorm and mind share. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun. I'm doing this for everyone watching. They're going to see a different background. I'm not in the office uh, because I might uh, I might be quarantining uh, for the next two weeks. I believe I am okay. Um, but my girlfriend, who actually works at April Properties herself, um, her might have been exposed to somebody in her building. Um, so we are taking the proper precautions and and uh, quarantining until we get tested. Um, so for those of you looking around, this is uh, this is my apartment, and Ryan is in uh, is in uh, Indiana, I believe. Yeah. yeah, we're at we're at our office in Indiana. This is a beautiful office. We service the we serve the 
uh, the uh, year round and the, the lake home markets here in uh, Indiana and Michigan and in Long Beach and Beach Walk and New Buffalo, Michigan. And uh, Peter and I are out here and we're we're doing some coaching and some meetings of uh, agents out this way. And uh, Pete, Pete walked past me and I said, Pete, come join me on the podcast in 20 minutes. So <laughs> I sprung it on you last minute. But, you know, we had uh, we had Lindsay Miller on as a guest last time and that went well. And right when I saw you, Peter, I said, why don't you, he, he adds so much value to our organization and works so closely with our agents. So I, I wanted to share a, a little bit of Pete with the rest of the real estate community here. So uh, thanks for having him on, DJ. And thanks, Peter, for being here. Yeah, yeah my Peter, pleasure. Yeah, welcome to the show. Um, Ryan, tell us a little bit about Peter and what, what he does at, at uh, D'April. Sure. Peter is our director of agent services. Peter's been in the business for a long time. Pete, I... Uh, works with um, our corporate staff, as well as our agents, works with our coaches, our VPs of sales, et cetera, and really just kind of helps us um, refine uh, the company's process, the agent's process in terms of articulating your value, knowing your market statistics, uh, focusing primarily on skill set, understanding, you know, anything from um, your list price to sale price equation to time at market to if it's a buyer's market, if it's a seller's market, uh, your your price comparison. I'm sorry, I'm hearing an echo over here. Um, maybe Peter, I'm hearing you in the other office. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. yeah um, Pete, I'm, Pete, I'm going to mute, mute you just for a quick second so we don't get the echo. We'll pull, we'll pull you back on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that's that's what Peter does, and he's a a valuable resource to our organization, our agents. Uh, adore him. They love working with him. We do something uh, on a quarterly basis where we send out to our our agents their market statistics and um, and 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 we we talk about the good and the bad for them. And um, so we could help improve the good. We also put into promotional marketing to help them promote and the bad. I shouldn't say the bad, but hey, here's some areas of improvement you could use. And uh, Peter has helped us implement that as well. So he does uh, a, a lot of things at our company. Welcome. Well, welcome, Pete. We're excited to have you. You're still muted for the moment. Um, we're going to unmute you here here in a sec. And I was talking to to Ryan just before we we went on. And today, if you're watching this live, you know, of course, today is uh, the day after the election, where lots are go lots is going on in the news. Um, you know, the news cycle is really spinning, of course, because we're not at this moment of recording. We're not sure who who our next president is going to be just yet. And we're we're now uh, at least I have been, and I'm not somebody who watches the news 24 seven. I've been watching updates every five minutes uh, in, in the various websites I go just because I'm curious. And what what I'm not doing is working on my business. And and I, I hate to admit that because I wish that wasn't the case. I wish I was able to say, I will check back in one time later tonight for a few minutes and then I'll go back to work. Uh, but I haven't been. And I imagine there's a lot of us who are are caught up in, in the news of the moment. Um, and, and I think what we're doing today is really important because we're going to not talk about the election. We're going to talk about getting back and focusing on your business and, and some of the things that you can be doing. Um, so if you're caught up in the news cycle at the moment, great time to pause, relax, and, and learn something to help grow uh, your career a bit better. Yeah, and I applaud you for being on. And and you know, I I, I DJ, I told this to you. Like, uh, I might have said this before. I said it probably a million times. In two thousand eight, right around there, I, I I turned the news off, and uh, I really have not tuned back in. I tuned in last night, this morning driving in. I turned on the news, on the radio, which I never do. 
Uh, and within five minutes, I said, I got to turn this off. I haven't seen it since. I feel so much better. I have some exercises and things we'll talk about. And I'll do it in the second half, I think, of our session here uh, today. Um, but uh, or maybe it might be good to talk about it first. Maybe you got to get refreshed and then we get in the skill set. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy time. And, you know, it's also very entertaining. And uh, oh, sure. So it's like it's like watching the Super Bowl, you know, election night. And it's fun. But at some point, you know, uh, we all need to turn it off. And I I just want all the listeners here to understand is that the news is always overwhelmingly negative and you get out of life what you look for, good or bad. And so I have three daughters and I preach to them. There's a reason why I don't watch the news. I'm so grateful for the life that I have, the family that I have, the country that I live in. And the best way to become ungrateful for those things and become miserable is to become a news junkie. Uh, it is it is designed to scare you and is designed to keep you hooked. And it's just a nasty, nasty habit. It could be comfortable, but if you're looking to grow as a human being, you're looking to expand, you're looking to expand your business, uh, the best thing you can do, I did it in 2008 because we were coming to the Great Recession. I had a wife, I had three girls, still <laughs> have now, and, um, and uh, I had to go survival mode. And so... I became acutely aware of my mindset. I turned off the news. I turned out to be one of the most ignorant uh, people for the past, you know, 10 years or so, uh, but it's, it's okay. I, I'm I, you know, I, there's a lot of things that are going on that I'm not aware of, but I'll, I'll, t- I'll take what I got over that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I know for me, I limit myself because there's, it's unlimited news. It's, mm-hmm it's designed to arouse and inflame um, the senses because that's what, you know, we know increases uh, addictiveness. And so it's not, uh, it's one of those things that's designed to just, just like social media has a a similar design. It's designed to entertain you and keep you hooked uh, and keep that dopamine uh, flowing so that you don't feel the need to move uh, because you feel like you're doing something. You you know, and, and I really don't watch the news at all. And so last night and the day before, coming in I'm like all right I'm gonna start and I started um playing a game with my wife I said come home have a drink and I'm like let's see what's going on and I said to her let's go between the networks and uh I went between you know MSNBC to Fox News to CNN and this is what I've been doing um for the past two days well last night and the night before I'm, I'm done now and I'm telling you it's not news it is from both sides. It's propaganda. It is. There's. It's not reporting. It's. It is. And of course, it's politics. But it's even the news stations. Like, what is going on? It is so obvious from everybody. I'm like, ah, this is bullshit. I'm turning it off. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a good idea. And and for those of us that are, we're, most of our listeners or viewers are probably caught up in it today. We understand that, but really think about how much time you spend uh, being entertained um, versus going out and, and and doing things that you know could help uh, your 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 community, your family, um, your your friends, as well as your business. So we're going to be talking yeah. about the the right mindset to get into today to be able to turn off the news when you want to uh, and and be able to move forward in life. So let's uh, let's let's segue into skill set. Is that okay? Sure. And uh, Pete, I'm going to hand it off to you. I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and I'm going to hand it off to you. And again, Peter, I know that I just really put you on the spot last minute here, but you're so skilled at what you do. Um, 
Let's let's talk about locally what's going on here in uh, in Chicago land, and and with the pandemic and the elections, et cetera. Real estate is hyper local, correct, Peter? Totally agree. Yes. So tell us what's going on in the marketplace and as real estate agents um, in Chicagoland, for the Chicagoland listeners here, what can they be looking for in the different markets? And then once you're done with that, uh, for the real estate agents across the country that are listening, where are places that they could find this information? So why don't, why don't you take it from there, Peter? Sure, thank you. So it's really interesting. We've entered into um, the, the new year in 2020 with a very fast paced market and an acceleration began to happen in the spring. And we all felt very optimistic about the market. And what's interesting is that coronavirus did two things. It really put the brakes on the market itself on a national scale when we went into lockdown. But simultaneously, what it did was it created accelerated demand and it's been a really interesting experience in that we have nationally, we have 23% more showings than we did in 2019. Wow. We have 21% less inventory. Right. So the law of supply and demand really clearly dictates upward pressure on pricing. And that we've seen that really accelerate, especially in the suburban markets. Is, is this Pete uh, just to 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 question um, sort of why this might be happening? Is this a confluence of uh, people being cooped up and maybe feeling like they need more space? Uh, uh, interest rate or lending rates being so incredibly low, and um, uh, you know anything else and and anything else contributing that that you see? So I think I think exactly what you said. I think that uh, we've seen the perfect storm from a consumer standpoint. And so the low interest rates, the historically low interest rates and the pressure, the downward pressure on interest rates is going to maintain through at least the spring. And it's gonna maintain demand. Demand is gonna remain high through the spring. So um, lots of buyers, not a ton of inventory. Correct, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to see that scenario. The other thing that it's done, coronavirus itself, put a really strong focus on housing and how we live. So put a very strong focus on home and defining what home is. And I think when people sat in their house for 90 days, they really became conscious of how they live. Yeah. And uh, it's really created a scenario where people are engaged in the real estate market like they've never been before. And there's a huge amount of pent up demand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know for me, um, I'm in the process of closing on a, on a, a larger place uh, that I wasn't planning on doing prior to the pandemic. But you're right, I became more acutely aware of my physical surroundings oh, as I was stuck here in my uh, in this uh, apartment and thinking, you know, I, I think I'd like some some more space. And I had more time to be searching as well because yep. I was, uh, you know, not traveling to and from work and I was just able to save some some additional time. So it was I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I am a perfect example of somebody who started feeling this is a little too small and uh, and started looking and, and found a place pretty quickly. I also but, think but, that there's been a paradigm shift in how we define work. Yeah. So the paradigm shift is 
we, for many, many people, they've been able to remove their commute yes, and are working remotely. And so that also affects your vision of home and how you can focus and be productive within your home. Yeah, I imagine you know, most people, most people are probably now thinking of upsizing. Um, we're, we're seeing a flight here in, in the city out to the suburbs uh, here in, in, in Chicago Metro um, because there's more space. Uh, you can, you can, you know, your dollar may stretch a bit further um, and, uh, and it's just a lot quieter. And if you're going to be spending a lot of time um, at home in, in the foreseeable future, assuming you don't return to a, an office scenario, um, the home has become a lot more important than I think it, it, it ever was before. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, for the, you know, for the listeners here, and as you know, the, the um, segment is called coaching moments. Um, I'm going to ask Peter here, the data that you just gave to us, uh, because for the real estate agents listening, um, the, the, the experience tenure, the new agents, they always have to be sharpening their skill set um, to be adding value to their network, uh, who are the going to be their clients. And um, so one thing is that was Pete's national. Then we're going to come down and we're going to talk how real estate's hyper-local. And I'll ask you some data information on that. But before we get that, for the benefit of the listeners, Peter, where would they find data like this? Where can they go out and educate themselves? You sounded so, you know, um, brilliant in, in what you said. And, and I, you know, if I were buying and selling a home and you were to speak to me like that, I, you'd be my real estate agent. And so we want to help the listeners. Where do they find data like this? Where did you go out and research that data to just educate uh, DJ and I on that? Sure. So there's several sources that I go to on a daily basis. One of the things that I do is I read CNBC's real estate uh, section of their website on a daily basis because they give great updates on mortgage, the real estate market, et cetera. And uh, it's pretty comprehensive. The Wall Street Journal also has a great real estate section, which I access on a daily basis. Crane's Chicago Business, um, Dennis Rodkin is, the, is, is an amazing reporter who covers the city of Chicago. I pay attention to Crane Chicago Business. There's also a product for real estate agents that I think is really powerful and it's called Keeping Current Matters. And you go to keepingcurrentmatters.com and there's a monthly report that's released on the 10th of the month that covers the national real estate market um, and gives you resources to be educated. And I think that that's hugely important. One of the things that we really try to manifest at D'April Properties is the most highly educated agent so that they can go and articulate market scenarios and they can articulate their personal value. And one of the things that our agents are taught to do is how to monetize their value for the consumer. And once you do that, you win in every situation. If I asked you what your job description is and you were able to nail it and then monetize your value, that is a really powerful stance. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing, important thing. 
uh, to note in that you always want to know more than your client. And you don't have to know a thousand times more information than your client, but you have to know more than they know. And some of these sources uh, that Pete was mentioning, of course, uh, most of them are available to anyone. So you have to be reading what your clients read, number one, and then you have to even go beyond that so that you can give them information um, while you're chatting with them that they don't already have. You know, DJ, another thing is um, to add to, to what you just said and what Peter said is there's a great author I've quoted before, Daniel Pink, and, and, and he, in one of his books, uh, wrote about being the curator of knowledge. So, for example, Pete, how long does it take you to read those articles on a daily basis? Oh, 30, 45 minutes. Okay, great. So 30 minutes of your time. Uh, you could spend one, two days a week educating yourself. But the true value, you guys, is being the curator of the knowledge because the knowledge is there. It, anybody in the country, in the world for that fact, can read what Peter read. What Peter did is he was the curator of the knowledge and he brought it to us. So we live in the information age. So if you, if you want to differentiate yourself, you have to be the curator of that information and then be able to articulate it to people. And that takes practice and time. But you know, after enough time, you do it. So Peter curates the knowledge for us as an organization and then educates us and our agents. And then we go and then we curate the knowledge for our clients. Okay, Peter, I'm gonna switch uh, on you here now. Sure. All right, so you just gave us a national trend of what's going on in the real estate. Let's, let's bring it down and let's talk regionally in here in Chicago. So the listeners that might be in uh, Laguna Beach or Nebraska or wherever, you know, they got to get down to their marketplace. What's going on with our marketplace? And then I'm after you answer it, I'm going to have the follow-up question for the listeners who are real estate agents. Where do you find that knowledge? So, so sure. what's going on here in our marketplace, Peter? So there's a lot of really interesting dynamics in play right now in the Chicago real estate market. What we're seeing right now is the suburban and tertiary surrounding markets are exceptionally busy. There's exceptional demand. If you put a home on the market and it's compellingly priced in the suburban markets under a million dollars, you are really going to have a huge flurry of activity. However, what we're seeing in the city of Chicago proper in let's say the loop, the South Loop, River North, the high density areas, we're seeing what I would call a flight from density. And people are moving out of the densest parts of the city and their inventory is growing and buyer demand is going down in these particular areas. And so we are gonna see a switch to a buyer's market, which we have not necessarily seen from a consumer standpoint since 2012. And it's really what, what we need to pay attention to is our ability to give correct information to the consumer so that they understand the situation. Because I was in the market all the way through the Great Recession, and I will tell you that it took 18 to 24 months for the seller psychology to catch up with the market. And people lost a lot of money because they weren't able to react correctly. And I'm not saying that the world's going to cave in and, and the sky is falling, but what I am saying is that there's a fundamental shift happening in the high density areas of the city and people need to be realistic about it. 
Well, I, I live in River North and I am staring out right now uh, in, in uh, out these windows into the, the streets below. Uh, and I have noticed uh, the last six months, uh, our own area there there's a there i've seen people moving out i haven't seen a lot of people moving in so that really speaks to uh to to what pete mentioned and here in chicago it's really neighborhood by neighborhood the further out you go you see a little bit more uh activity but but closest to to the downtown it's 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 pretty uh it's pretty tight right now there isn't a whole lot of people moving in so i imagine this is happening um in a lot of metro areas all over the country absolutely and i think that there's a fundamental plateauing of pricing happening in a lot of areas. And I think that as soon as the seller is able to catch up with their psychology, the better off they're going to be. I, I do not see a drop off like we saw in the Great Recession. I don't see that at all. But what I do see is a plateauing. I do see some depreciation in some of the higher density areas. But just as you said, if you go out to less dense areas, let's, let's compare the loop to Lakeview. Lakeview right. is still hopping and it's still really, really busy. The loop is not so busy. It's a different story. Um, and so Peter, you know, I'm a real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Where am I finding this data to look what's going on in the greater San Antonio area than the suburbs of San Antonio, which I've been to one time. So why am I bringing up San Antonio? I have no idea, but <laughs> how, how, do I, how, do I, how do I, for the benefit of the listener here, who's tuning in to, to sharpen up the skill set, where do I find that data? So we're fortunate in the Chicago metro area to have a great MLS that provides overall statistics. So there's a product called InfoSparks that is available to us through the MLS that gives overall market data. So one of the things that we pay very specific attention to at DAPRIL is month supply of inventory in a specific market. And I will I'll go through it very quickly. So one to four months of inventory is a very solid seller's market. Between five and six months, there it is a neutral market. There's no advantage to the buyer or the seller. And anything above six months is very solidly a buyer's market. And what we're experiencing in the high density areas right now, we've seen inventory grow to 11 or 12 months worth of inventory. Now, when you go into our suburban markets, we're experiencing from one to three months worth of inventory. So there's a huge paradigm shift that's happening. Um, and it's it's been, coronavirus has had an impact. The civil unrest has had an impact. I believe that the election to some degree has had an impact, um, but the market itself has remained very strong. And I think that's driven largely to a shortage of inventory and exceptionally low interest rates. And yeah, for our listeners, you know, dive into your local MLS, your MLS, yes. dive into the tools. There are so many tools that are out there. They're underutilized. And, um, and I do want to give Peter kudos because he does a great job of making our company acutely aware of all these resources that are out there for you because you have to take time and you've got to work on your skill set. Um, 
DJ, should we move over to mindset now or anything? Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just have one thing to tag on before we do that, which is for all of our listeners, if you're a member of a local association, if you have MLS access, um, you know, there's various different software providers, depending on what local uh, association you belong to here in Chicago, the software we use is called MRED. I don't think it exists anywhere else in the country. So you probably have your own unique software. And what Pete was mentioning is MRED is connected to this, um, this, this additional piece of software called InfoSparks, which provides great data. You may have something else called something different, um, but the way to find that out is call your whoever provides the software for your MLS. Um, here in, in Chicago, they, we have what's called the MRED help desk. Um, you could also call your local association and ask them, hey, where can I get statistics on, on you know, the areas I, that I serve? Um, but call them and find out because there's a good chance you might already have access to data like this right in your MLS and you might not even know it. You're right. I mean, we, we are members of, you know, we, we have Wisconsin, we're Metro MLS, we're in Gannar yeah. and Indiana and Michigan. We have our, you know, our company has multiple MLSs that we're members of because of our, of our span and, and, and the, for the different states that we're in and whatnot. So yes, it, it, it's out there. Peter, is there anything else you want to add to what we're talking about with what's going on in the current marketplace? The only thing I would add to the conversation is what we're going to begin to see again, which we saw in 2010 through 2014, is a flight to quality. And agents that are able to articulate their value and have a track record of success and are able to articulate it are going to win. And agents need to position themselves as the ultimate resource of valuable information because the value proposition of being a real estate agent has changed a thousand degrees since the year 2000. And as Ryan suggested, we're the curators of information and we are the ones that are the sort of the gatekeepers of what's relevant. And if you can maintain relevance, you will get their business. Yeah, I'll um I'll finish by saying, you know, Pete started off by saying, um, Ryan was saying, how much time do you spend getting this information that you're able to relay to clients to let them know that you know what's going on in, in your local area and even nationwide as well? He said, Oh, I spend about 30 to 45 minutes a day. Uh, imagine if you did that for even just one week, five days in a row, just five days in a row. Imagine the amount of of knowledge you would have. And then imagine doing that, you know, 20, 20 business days a month, uh, and then 12 months out of a year. If you just spent 15 minutes a day, if you don't have 30 minutes, do 15 minutes, you will yeah. within a year, you will be an expert in your local market and hopefully also have enough information to be able to talk, you know, in a more national sense too, but you will be one of this, one of the most knowledgeable realtors in your area, because most realtors are not taking that time every day to do it. And what we're talking about is sharp as Ryan said, and Pete have talked about sharpening that, that those tools, you have to put the time in this is it, it might not feel like you're growing your business. But boy, if you get in front of that big client, and you're able to give them more information than the other three brokers that they've uh, that they are, are interviewing, um, good chance they're going to go with the person they think knows the most. So let's take this and you know, let's make it a power packed uh, podcast here. And let's now switch over. Let's go to mindset. And let's talk about burnout. Okay, DJ? Sure. You ever have burnout before? Oh, sure. Of course. We all burn out, right? And when we become successful, more stress comes from it. And what happens to people who are in a 
sales-based high-performing role is when you become stressful, you tend to self-destruct. And, uh, and, and somebody says, well, what does that mean, self-destruct? So uh, I'm going to share two stories of two individuals in our organization that I was just coaching with and helping them with the burnout and, and what we do. And I have burnout. And so you got to understand, in, in, if, if you're a loan officer, if you're a real estate agent, if you're an insurance agent, if you're a, a management consultant and you have to generate the business, not administrate it, but generate it, um, a lot of stress comes with that. So you've got to have a way to center yourself so you could be prepared to go back into it because the alternative isn't that great. We can self-destruct, but then we're like, oh shit, now I'm starting all over. And I've seen so many people start all over again. I had, you know, one of our loan officers, uh, you know, uh, a, a young lady, 28 years old, was coaching the other day. And, you know, we were having a great moment. You know, we were talking about burnout. And, um, you know, I, I asked her a few questions. And, you know, you know, one of the questions was, um, and it's not all about money, okay? I want the listeners to understand this, but it's, it's, it's finding, but I, I also want to kind of get to the point because we're, we are high producers here and this is what we're here for. But, you know, I, I asked this 28 uh, year old loan officer who's been in the business for a few years, what, what's your income this year? She said $188,000, I think is what I'll end up at. And then I said, what was your income four years ago? And it was three, four different jobs trying to make ends meet. Now, there's a lot of stress in mortgage lending. You have buyer's agents calling you. You have seller's agents calling you. You have buyer's attorneys calling you. You have seller's attorneys calling you. You're waiting on the title company. You're waiting on the attorney to give the docs who's going to blame you for not having the mortgage because the attorney didn't say the docs on time. You've got condo questionnaires. You've got condo docs. It's incredibly stressful. Same in the real estate business. And so... You know, you have this moment where it's like, holy shit, is this worth it? And the answer is, it is worth it. What are you doing to replenish your energy? Um, I, you know, I'm here in our Indiana office and I, I, another one of our real estate agents. I mean, this is a young man. He's, I think, 28 too. And he relocated from San Diego to Indiana and didn't know anybody. Uh, and you know, uh, he's, he's just over $10 million in production this year. And he had, you know, he also is starting to invest in real estate. I'm really proud of this guy. And, uh, the building next door to his building, uh, was on fire. And so wow. he had to run down in the fire department and I saw a look on the kid's face and I did the same thing. I said, where were you four years ago? And the reason I asked that is I'm trying to always help people bring gratitude because we got, we're dealt shit sandwiches every day, right? That's why I don't watch the news. I have enough drama in my life. <laughs> I have enough, I have enough yeah. of my own chaos that I have to do. But, um, and, and one of our core values, you know, it's, it, it's developing your self and others. And I've got so many people in our company that have helped me. And one of our agents, she's, she's, she shielded with about 37 million in production. She gave me a gift for my birthday um, earlier this month and it was a gratitude book and a journal. And, you know, I, I did daily gratitudes and I journaled for about seven years. In the past two years, I just have fallen off it. And um, the other day, I, it was early in the morning, 5.30 in the morning and I looked to my right and there was a gratitude book. I said, I'm gonna pick it up 
And, and there was a great read and I shared it with the company on our internal Facebook page, but I wrote three things down that I was grateful for. Um, God, does it sound so cheesy and cliche and whatever you want to all the naysayers out there listening? Holy shit, did it put me in the right mindset for the right for the rest of the day? And I tell you, I've been doing it every day and I just feel so good because I've got so much to be grateful for. And yeah, there are times I said, what am I doing? I sell the company. Why am I dealing with this shit? I want to retreat. We all want to retreat. But what's the alternative? I mean, I love what I do. I love the challenge. I love the purpose. There's the frustrations. There's the headaches. There's the getting yelled at. There's the doing the good deed and getting punished. You know, these cliches are, they're real, right? They're cliches for a reason. No good, no good deed goes unpunished, but we're good people with do good deeds and we're going to get punished for it and so on and so forth. But what's the alternative? You know, we're living fulfilled life. We're living purposeful lives. We are working for ourselves. We're creating something uh, that nobody can take away from us. You know, we've, we, we, we've seen these, uh, what do we, what do they call them? Disruptors. Yes. Right for 20 years now trying to disrupt our business. Hey guys, the only person that's going to disrupt your business is you. That's right. it. it. The only person that's going to disrupt your business is you. We are like high-performing athletes. What gets us there is our network. Period. Nothing else. Sure. You might have one person who's a who's a Zillow freak and another person who's a cancel for sale by owner champion. Cool. Those are outliers and they're yes. great. And I and I applaud them. But the easy path. It takes a little bit of time. I mean, like a little bit of time, like six months of discipline activities is your network. And you have to do a daily routine of being in flow with your network. If there's 200 people in your network and there's 20 working days in a month, 20 working days, not 30 days, not 31 days, not 28 days, 20 working days, Monday through Friday, you divide that by the 200. That's 10 simple connections a day. It only takes an hour or less. Do you choose to do it or do you choose not to do it? And either you do it or you don't do it. And if you do it and you do it consistently, you might not do it for five days, but if you do it four days out of the week, some weeks you kill it, you do five, some weeks you don't do school good, you do two, but the next week you jump back on, you do it four. I'm telling you, your business is going to grow year over year over year. You need the accountability partner. You need the coach. You need somebody. Don't go this, don't go it alone. This business is too hard to go alone. The emotional intelligence, the the barrage, the everything that we have dealing with us, you, you need accountability partners, you need you need a friend, you need somebody to, to lean on, you need the right tools, you need the right CRM to track your goals. Um, you know, you can't go it alone, but um, but you got it, you gotta reset and you really need to start your morning every day the right way and look around. And even though if you're going through the hardest time of your life, I bet you're gonna be able to find three things that you could stop and be very grateful for, write it down. It'll put you in the right spot. Yeah. And, and even if, if you're in a really bad spot, even if you just say, Hey, I got another day, I woke up, I was given another day today. That's a big win. A lot of people aren't going to get that. And I don't mean to be morbid, but we, you know, we, not everyone wakes up every day. So, so we're really lucky. So even if you just wake up and that's all you can be grateful for, Hey, that's something. And that'll get you in the right direction. Um, so that's, I think that's all I have for my, my little segment of mindset and, and, and being grateful for this great business that we all have, whether we're in the real estate or mortgage lending business, um, 
Anything else, uh, DJ, that you wanted to cover? N- not really. I just wanted to, to give a suggestion. Ryan had had mentioned, aside from being, you know, uh, being grateful, and, and you can find gratitude partners. If this would be helpful for you, I know for me, I will le- often uh, let myself off the hook. However, if I have an appointment with somebody who's um, who's relying upon me, I will never miss that appointment, which is why I have a personal trainer, because I don't go to the gym on my own. But now that I um, I have a personal trainer. I've never once missed. Um, so you can find gratitude partners. These I used to, um, there are plenty of resources online. Just Google it. It's there's lots of free places for people from all over the world that you can wake up every day and say, we're going to, we're going to share three things we're grateful for. Um, sounds like a silly thing, but it actually works because it'll get you to do it. If you're like me and you, you know, it's helpful to have an accountability partner. And the other thing I wanted to mention before, real quickly before we leave, Ryan talked about your network being everything. And he talked about, making those connections every day. And a lot of times you might be listening or watching and going, well, what is, how do I do that? And I just have a, and Ryan could give you a million suggestions. I'm going to actually take one of Ryan's suggestions that he's given on a future episode or sorry, in a previous episode and, and give it to, uh, to you now, but also add to it, which was use social media as a research and development arm so that you can find out what your contacts are doing and you can comment on them. Again, I'm stealing this from Ryan, so it's not no, my own thought. Yeah, that's, that's, and I got and, and to interject because I think one of the biggest uh, mistakes agents do is, and loan officers as well, they look at social media as a marketing platform. Sure, it's a marketing platform, but it's even better R&D. It's a better place to research and develop relationships. It's not about you, it's about them and your business. Yeah. And the number one, Maslow, Maslow's law hierarchy of needs. You're so much smarter than I am. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> One of them is significance. Yeah. Everybody wants to be significant. You can make anybody in your network significant if you talk about them and not you. So, you know, it's 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 not about you, it's about them when you're in live flow. It's not about, hey, by the way, do you know anybody looking to buy or sell a home? It's not, do you know a referral? It's it's Cut between that, get on social media, find out what's important to them, then just send a message, say, I, ju- I just saw that you, you know, you're, you, 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 you sponsored a, a dog shelter, or I just saw your, your kid graduated kindergarten and your, your granddaughter just got married. Congratulations. How are you? How you been? And on, for everyone listening, I'll also um, add on to that LinkedIn it does a really good job of this for you. Um, so if you go into LinkedIn and you look at your feed, which I bet most of you don't do every day, it will tell you who started a new career or a new job at that same uh, company or a new company. It'll tell you whose birthday it is. It will also tell you who's celebrating a work anniversary. So if you're like, I don't know what to talk about with my clients today, or they're not really posting on Facebook and Instagram. I don't really have anything to mention. Go to LinkedIn and just go, oh my God, I just saw you celebrated three years at XYZ company. And then awesome. That must be great. How are you feeling about it? I guarantee that's the only phone call they're getting uh, that day about that particular anniversary. And again, it's significance. You're showing them that they are significant to you. And then when they go to think about uh, buying, selling, renting, investing, um, hopefully they they think back to the person who made them feel significant yeah. so um great yeah. great place to cap off it, it is you know and, and and now that we're coming into the holiday season you guys and it's seasonality is a real thing in our business with thanksgiving and the holidays and it starts to slow down uh, i was coaching an agent of ours um this individual will do 65 transactions uh, this year he's an individual is not a team and uh 
you know, um, he was talking about building a team because he's so busy. And I said, well, I think that's a great thing for you to consider. But maybe in February, let's just start planning it out because you're going to start slowing it. Because, you know, I don't feel as slammed right now. I said, how many buyers did you close this past year? And he went to his dashboard and, and I think the number was 37 buyers. I said, and every listener who tune in here, okay, please. I said, you need to, over the next two months, send a handwritten note yes. and saying, I remember, you know, looking at the homes with you. I remember our journey. I'm so grateful to be a part of the journey. I hope you're enjoying the first holiday season. Send that out. Right, send that out, you know, to your 37 buyers that you represent. And by the way, we could talk about the, he did another 30 something listing, but I said, this is the time to go deep with your network yeah. because the spring, the summer, the fall, we're busy. And you know what? Those 10 contacts a day, I get it. It's a lot, especially when you have everything going on. But as we come into this seasonality, slow down this dip, you need to go deep. And I'm telling you, it will pay huge dividends for you in the spring of 2021. Yeah, uh, really well said. And also just remember that most other, most of your peers who are realtors uh, aren't going to be doing that. Um, most of the other people in your clients' lives, the other professional services, they may be using attorneys, uh, accountants, physicians, um, you know, financial advisors. They're probably not doing it either. Right? 95% won't, 95% won't. But I'll tell you guys that are listening, uh, it's really fun to be in the top 5% and it's really not that hard. It's just your choice. Keep that in mind. That's what I want to leave you on. It's, it's your choice to be in that group. And it's, you gotta be aware of your actions and what you're doing. And if you choose to, you will have it. And making people feel significant will make you feel significant and will make you feel uh, like a good citizen, uh, regardless of whatever business comes to you. And if you're, if you're dealing with some tough feelings right now around what's going on in the political climate or just the economy or jobs, um, it's a tough time. And the holidays, the holidays are stressful. This is a time where you can actually recharge by giving. Um, so give to your clients, make them feel special. They are special. Um, do it from an authentic place. And, you know, you're going to reap some pretty serious rewards, which of course is not the reason you're doing it, but is a, a real nice side effect of making people feel significant. So uh, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Uh, Peter, I want to thank you for being, uh, for your debut on our show. We appreciate it. Um, boy, uh, you're probably one of the most well-spoken uh, guests we've ever had. Um, so we really appreciate you, uh, you jumping on the call and um, helping our listeners understand how they can educate their um, themselves and, and can, can, can continue to increase their, uh, their knowledge. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Ryan, as always, we, we appreciate you and everything you bring to our show. Um, Ryan is our uh, exclusive coaching partner. And I want to also tell everyone who is in the Chicagoland area, who's a realtor, um, who also uh, maybe as, as well, maybe Michigan, Indiana, and Wisconsin, if you are looking for a firm uh, that is, you know, that caters to agents, helping them really grow their business and, and increase their knowledge and help them with their marketing too, uh, D'April Properties is a great fit. So check out dapralproperties.com. Um, on behalf of the listeners, Pete and Ryan, we say thank you for being on the show, taking time out of both of your incredibly busy days to uh, share your wisdom with our, with our listeners and viewers. 
And on behalf of uh, Ryan, Pete, and myself, we want to thank uh, our listeners and viewers for continuing to support our show. We ask everyone to do just two things for us. One, tell a friend. Think of one other real estate professional or mortgage lending professional. We have a lot of mortgage lenders who listen to our show um, that could benefit from hearing this episode and send them a link to the show. Uh, easiest way to do that, find us on, on our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done is there. And if you just wanted to binge, watch or listen all to all the Ryan episodes, you scroll to the bottom. You can find his uh, coaching moments seg section and watch them all in a row. Um, second thing is to follow us on Facebook. Every day we find an article that's written specifically designed to help agents grow their business. We post it there. And of course, all of our episodes, we post there as well. So facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And once again, congratulations to DFL Properties for your uh, big win uh, with the Chicago uh, top uh, workplace thing. Um, and uh, also, um, we just wanted to say thank you again for everyone. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, CJ. Thanks so much.